Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 544 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Welcome. It is Monday. It is May. Um, and here we are. We made it to May. Good job, us. Um, <clears throat> today's episode is an interview I did with author Jessie Q. Sutanto about her new book, Dial A for Aunties which is just a delightful, delightful read um, about a wedding photographer who goes on a blind date and um, accidentally kills her date and um, then has to basically hide the body with the help of her, her aunts and her mom. And it's, I know that does not sound hilarious, but it actually really is. It's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun book. Um, so I encourage you all to read it. And I, Jesse was so much fun to talk to. Um, and it just all over good time. Good times were had by all. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Our website is professionalbooknerds.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at probooknerds. Uh... I think that's everything. Very quick, easy intro today, y'all. Um, yeah, so I hope you all enjoy this interview I did with Jesse Q. Zutanto on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Jill, and my guest today is Jessie Q. Sutanto. She is the author of Dial A for Aunties, The Obsession, and Theo Tan and the Fox Spirit. She has a master's degree in creative writing from Oxford University, though, as her bio stays, she hasn't found a way of saying that without <laughs> sounding obnoxious, which I think is fantastic. Um, the film rights <laughs> to her women's fiction, Dial A for Aunties, was bought by Netflix in a competitive bidding war. And as someone who has read the book, I'm very excited for that. Um, so Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Can you start by giving our listeners a brief introduction to Dial A for Aunties? Uh, yes. So Dial A for Aunties is about a young woman who gets set up on a blind date by her very meddlesome mother and aunt. Um, and, you know, it turns out to be like the blind date from hell. It just goes so bad. And she ends up accidentally killing him. And um, then she has to get the help of her mom and her aunt to um, hide the body while at the same time catering to the wedding of a billionaire. So, uh, you know, pretty standard, like, <laughs> blind date story. <laughs> Uh, I what I love about the book is it's this like really wonderful mashup of kind of rom-com and romance but also there's like situational comedy there's some like you know like not quite mystery but kind of and like how did you manage to balance all of that in one book and do it so well uh so it actually was meant to be a pure rom-com 
uh, because my friends were teasing me and saying like, oh, you can't write a book without killing anyone. And I was like, <laughs> I'll show you. I'm going to write <laughs> like a really lighthearted rom-com. And then I, then I came out with this idea and I was like, and everyone loved it when I told them, you know, the pitch. They were like, you need to write it, but where is the romance? And I was like, uh, there will be romance. Like, <laughs> it's a rom-com. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's true because you know like when you start it you you have um Medi like you said she's like got this blind date but then you have these flashbacks to mm-hmm. this relationship with an ex-boyfriend um who uh ends up um making an appearance at the wedding and yeah there, there is romance in it you know so don't worry listeners mm-hmm. there is romance in it yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, I like where, like, just the idea of, um, yeah, she, she kills the guy on a blind date. And like, that's like right up front. Like, you know, that going into it, it's so absurd yeah. and it somehow totally works. Yeah. I, I've seen reviews where people said that they didn't read the, you know, the back cover <laughs> before they started reading. And so they actually thought it was just a rom-com. And then they were like, imagine my surprise when she ends up killing him. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it kind of reminded me, there was like in the first season of Downton Abbey, there's a somewhat similar um, oh episode. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah where yeah, the, yeah. the oldest daughter, um, yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't kill the guy, but he does die yeah. and she has to have oh like my God, help. I so did not see that coming, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she has to like hide him um and bury mm-hmm. him and take care of it and she did not have the luxury of a big walk-in um yeah refrigerator. <laughs> yes yeah um so the relationship you know between Medi and her aunts and her mom is just wonderful and um is a big part of the book I think in mm-hmm. that it's like this whole other story and you just like this really warm family that you can tell really care about each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that her mm-hmm. aunts are like, yeah, we'll help you take care of this body. No questions asked. Um, did you <laughs> grow up in a big family like that? Uh, yeah, actually my family is a lot bigger uh, than that, but it would have been too much to include <laughs> the real size of my family. So I had to kill everyone off. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, well, there early in the book, there is this really a, like delightful conversation that had me laughing uh, between Medi and her aunts about text emojis. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like this sort of this whole thing with the blind date as her mom set her up um, and her mom, you know, didn't really understand the text conversation happening. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because I think if you have parents of a certain age, regardless of culture, there's like this generational Mm -hmm. divide about texting Mm -hmm. and, and the emojis. And it was just wonderful. Oh yeah. I mean, my mom read it and she was like, I didn't know that it (laughs) meant that. (laughs) And she was like, she was also very horrified by it. (laughs) (laughs) I felt very judged. Like, you know, about like the eggplant thing. (laughs) No, I think it was, I think it was just because, you know, you write it in such a way that you can see 
the mom's under like misunder like you understand why she yeah. totally misunderstood um what the conversation was about and like having Medi explain it to her I'm just like oh god that would be so awkward <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally <laughs> yes so in the book, um, you know, Medi is part of this big family and they had this family business where they all kind of handle a different part of, of wedding planning. What made you want to um, sort of have that, the wedding planning business be the, the family business? Uh, that's because I was a wedding photographer a very long time ago. And so, you know, there's like this writing advice that's like, you know, write what you know. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll write about that because I know I know weddings. I love weddings. And uh, it would be a great way to show, you know, more of like the Chinese Indonesian culture. Uh, and uh, I, I know exactly like what a wedding photographer should be doing. So that's why. That makes sense. That makes sense. So how did you get from being a wedding photographer to being a writer? <laughs> well, I, I was a wedding photographer in England and uh, that was really nice. But then uh, we moved to Jakarta and Indonesian weddings are so huge, right? Like they're at mm-hmm. least, um, they at least have like 2000 uh, people. And so I would have to join like a proper uh, photography company to be able to continue uh, doing wedding photography. I wouldn't be able to do it solo. So then I decided, uh, I, I don't really want to do that. Um, and I decided to just focus on writing. Had So had you been writing before that then, like while being a photographer? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the perfect job to have uh, because the weddings would go on uh, in the weekends and so my weekdays were free for me to write so uh, yeah would highly would highly recommend for for those who are writing and thinking of a side hustle (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that yeah that's that's true that would be a pretty good setup Um, yeah the size of like a wedding being that big is is somewhat overwhelming. I can't even imagine. I mean, I understand like that's sort of just the cultural mm-hmm. expectation, but I'm like, I had a hard time with a hundred people at my wedding. I can't imagine thousands of people. <laughs> well, my my husband and I had a thousand five hundred at ours because he is English. So, you know, he doesn't know like a thousand people to invite. And my parents were like humiliated. They were just like, oh gosh. We can't like you know two thousand is like the bare minimum. Like, can't he just come up with you know five hundred more people? And I was like, no, that's not how normal like <laughs> normal people behave. Like, they don't just conjure up you know five hundred guests out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even like. How would you even just randomly come up with that many guests? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That would be hard. That would be hard. We still haven't forgiven him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I think, you know, that's sort of one of the things I think, you know, Medi is sort of dealing with is this being um, raised in more of a Western culture, but also having this um, Asian family side and trying to find that balance of 
of who she is, especially because as a girl, there are different expectations placed on her than her male cousins, which Mm -hmm. I thought was um, interesting and and something I wasn't very familiar with. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's uh, very true for uh, a lot of cultures, uh, not just like Asian ones, but um, I do like notice that, you know, there are very different expectations placed on us. Um, Like the, the men are expected to, you know, do everything that they can for their careers. Whereas the women are kind of more expected to be like, oh, you'll, you'll stay close, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the parents and kind of um, be a more nurturing role uh, for them. Yeah, yeah, because that does, um, that does come up in, in the book where, you know, she is, and like, that's part of what happens with the breakup that happens yeah. early in the book where, yeah, she's sort of in this position of of needing to choose kind mm-hmm. of between her family and, and her boyfriend. Um, you have written young adult books as well. And mm-hmm. I'm curious what made you want to write an adult novel? So uh, I actually, I've been a YA writer. All of my previous books uh, were young adult. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to make I, I actually wrote an outline for Dial Aver Aunties, which was young adult. But then oh. I, yeah, but then I, I just kept thinking like, but, you know, why would, um, you know, why would this happen? Like, how can I set it at a big wedding? Uh, like, how can she be part of a wedding? And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to make it adult, I think. And it was so intimidating because I, which is really ridiculous because I'm in my mid. 30s uh, but I felt like I don't know how to adult you know uh, <laughs> I don't know how to write adult characters <laughs> but um, I, I guess it, it worked out okay in the end <laughs> yeah that would have been a very different book if it had been written for young adults yeah yeah, yeah. um some of the stuff I don't think would have worked quite as well <laughs> yeah so, <I> so. <laughs> so now that you have written um one uh, adult book and it's doing very well. I mean, it was, you know, Netflix, um, has a, uh, the film rights. Um, do you think you'll be writing more? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, so I, I have finished, uh, the sequel to Dial A for Aunties and that will be out next year. So that's super exciting. And I've also written an adult suspense, uh, which is very different. It's really, really dark. Um, so we, we don't know yet what will happen to, to that book. So that's going to be an adventure. But at least if it's a suspense, you can kill people and it won't be super weird. Right. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> I kill a lot more people in that one. <laughs> uh, I think that's so funny that a friend called you out on that. <laughs> I mean, you just like, you know, if you just like killing people, you like killing people. I mean, that's yeah, you gotta, you gotta let out, you know, all the anger or like frustration <laughs> that you have uh, somehow, you know, and I feel like as women, uh, we have a lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, you know what, and that's actually a good point. Um, we, I know I don't want to like give any like everything away about the book but you know the Mm. the murder that happens with the blind date there there are reasons leading up to that that I think Mm. um 
is something that a lot of women um, have had experience with Mm -hmm. or have had friends who have had that experience. Um, And so, yeah, you don't really feel bad exactly about the the guy (laughs) dying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think having um, that in there. Yeah, totally. That was actually something that uh, Nanachka Khan, who is going to be directing the movie, um, there was something she mentioned where she was like, oh, you know, I I think that um, the whole movie should be like really comedic, except for that scene Yeah. um, where, you know, I think we want to approach it uh, as a really serious scene because that is something uh, that does happen to so many women around the world. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, you know, um, she totally gets it that that is a very serious issue. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, also her aunt's reactions to it was so kind of um, affirming, I think, you know, yeah. they're being like, this isn't your yeah. fault, essentially, which I yeah. you isn't always the message that we get in the media about yeah. those situations. So that was, yeah. I thought, a really great part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if we've ever had anyone on the podcast who has had like their film rights bought by Netflix. Like, what is that like? Um, it's it's so <laughs> unreal. I uh, it went like the way that it happened was very unreal because my uh, book agent she just sent it out to publishers and then she started getting calls from film agents about it and she was like how did you hear about it because I only sent it out to publishers and they were like it's a secret I can't tell you Uh, so So that was all very like wow okay what's going on you know and then we signed with a film agent um, and then it very quickly like we had talks with production companies and then uh and then it went to auction with like the film studios so it was just all really really very unreal and you know when I made my decision to go with Netflix I I, like burst into tears as I was like telling my film agent like which studio I wanted to go with because it was so it was such an emotional moment I was like oh oh, oh, Netflix very uncool (laughs) no no I think that's very cool I think that you know I think that just shows how attached you are to your story and how important it is that you want to make sure it gets (laughs) in the hands of the right people I feel like anyone would cry in that situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, I feel really good about about it Uh, I think Netflix is the right home for it Um, are you going to be involved in any of the, the the filmmaking side from like you know casting or script or anything um I don't think I get a say in the casting um but uh with the script writing the the script writer is Courtney Kang and she's been amazing and uh she she's been emailing me with questions like oh what Indonesian phrases would they say in this situation you know like if if they were good surprise or if they were bad surprise, you know, um, what would they say? So it's so, it's just so uh, like, it's, it's just really, really nice to have these questions um, come up. Cause I, I feel like 
she is um, being really detailed with her work. That's awesome. That's awesome. And like to have, you know, like that, um, that authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I have to, I always like to ask, um, were you a big reader when you were a kid? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I was like, all, uh, really obnoxious about it. Too, cause, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, cause a lot of my friends and cousins were not. And so I, it became like a source of pride for me to like carry a book around everywhere I went and, you know, make sure that everyone saw that I was reading. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like a really obnoxious kid. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, now I just realized I asked you if you had been writing for a while while a photographer, even though I had said in the introduction that you have a master's degree <laughs> in creative writing from Oxford. So clearly... <laughs> Clearly, you had been writing for a while. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like, what was, you know, like, what was it like to be at Oxford for creative writing? Like that feels sort of, there just is something kind of magical that seems like that. No, right. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was so intimidating. Um, I feel like I was, I went there a little bit too young. I, I was um, 23, I think. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. And I felt like, I feel like I, I didn't absorb as much as I would, uh, like if I had gone, you know, like now when mm-hmm. I'm much wiser, obviously, um, <laughs> but, uh, it was very intimidating. And there were like, uh, a handful of my classmates were just when, you know, those, those people, you know, that, that you just know, they're just so talented. Um, yeah. Yeah, like one of them became like a a poet um, somewhere. I can't remember, but he 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 had like some national award and and stuff like that. So it was very scary to be in a room with these people. <laughs> <laughs> I I can see how that would be. Yeah, pretty intimidating. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know just Oxford of all places, and it's just mm-hmm. there's something kind of I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the second book will be set in Oxford. Oh, uh, so I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's I did mean to ask you. You said you had a sequel. Like, are uh-huh. you? Um, is is there is there going to be like a trend with the titles? Because you have A for aunties as like the first one. I know. <laughs> I can't wait to share the title. <laughs> okay, we okay. have the we have a title, and it was so good. Uh, my my editor at Berkeley came up with it, and it's just perfect. Um, everyone laughed when, when, when we saw it. So I, I can't wait to be able to share it. <laughs> okay. That makes me very excited. Then I will be on the lookout. Um, <laughs> oh, but I can tell you one, oh, okay. one of the rejected titles. Okay. I can't like my friend came up with it and, uh, I thought it was brilliant, but they rejected it and it's dial Q for cucumber. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> That's kind of fun. That's fun. Right? <laughs> ah, book three. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Maybe by then you can get them to to use that one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, Jesse, I've had so much fun talking to you. The book is just. It is. It is a fun book. It's like. It's just fun, you know. And so yeah. I hope. I hope our listeners um pick it up because it is out. 
And I just, as a final question, you know, what do you hope readers take away from reading Dial A for Aunties? Well, first of all, I really hope that they have um, a lot of fun and a lot of laughter um, from it. That's like the first and foremost, I was like, I really want to entertain people. Um, and then the second thing is obviously, you know, I, I hope that they take it as like an introduction to uh, Indonesian culture and uh, that they just kind of know a little bit more about it and maybe maybe like seek out uh, an Indonesian restaurant, uh, obviously after COVID is over, uh, <laughs> if, if there is one in your city and uh, try the food. I will have to be on the lookout. I live in Cleveland, which has a pretty big mix of, um, oh, of okay. different uh, ethnic yeah. restaurants. So I'll have to see yeah. if we have an, an Indonesian one. Jesse, thank you so much for coming Great. on the podcast. Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.